Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to Every Version Ever. I found one more old Wonderland Wednesday episode to re-release, but this one is from after I started podcasting, and I'm not re-editing it. I'm just re-releasing it as a podcast, as I released it back in 2019. I'm not fully sure why I never released this one as a podcast. It's certainly long enough, but I think it had to do with the audio quality, which was not great, so just be warned. And I had just transitioned into podcasting, so with the poor audio quality, I think I was just trying to put my best foot forward at the time. And I just let this one be an episode of Wonderland Wednesday only, and then forgot about it. Now, there are a few other old Wonderland Wednesday episodes from 2018, 2019, but as far as I know, this will be the very last one that I re-release. The others are all much shorter, and most of the videos I did as short reviews on my own. A lot of those versions I still want to cover again on the podcast someday, but I'll most likely plan to do them as episodes where I cover several versions in one episode with a co-host. I'm thinking specifically about some of the cheap 80s, 90s direct-to-video animated versions that a bunch of studios were pumping out to cash in on the VHS craze at the time. Anyway, that's not what this is. This is the 1972 live-action version, and while I am re-releasing this one now as I recorded it with Sarah, I will probably come back to this one in the future. I won't always do that. I don't have plans to make multiple episodes the same movie all the time, but I discovered later that this film is also Jenna, aka Phantom Wise's, favorite version of Alice in Wonderland, and at some point I would really like to talk about this one with her as well. But that might not be for a while, I know I won't have time this year, as she and I have other podcasts in the works that will come first, so for now I'm re-releasing this episode I did with Sarah and giving you plenty of advance notice that this will probably not be the only time we cover this version on the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wonderland Wednesday. This is the first one we've done together in quite some time. Forever. And it's a very long-awaited episode because I don't know how many people have requested that we review the 1972 version. And I have mixed feelings. What did you think? I think it's pretty normal for us to have mixed feelings about Analysis. That's true. I liked a lot of the design choices, but there were things here and there that I thought were weird and they could have done without. I think my main criticism is that there's a lot of unnecessary music. I think it starts out pretty well. You have a lot of credits at the beginning. If you forward through them, you're not missing anything unless you desperately want to see names. That's what IMDb is for. And the beginning is fine. They're in the boat. They're having their picnic. Another thing that I liked was how they started the story with her making a card pyramid and her sister waving a daisy chain in front of her. And I think it really helps tie in the cards later on, even though I don't remember that from the book, but I thought it was a nice touch. Mm -hmm. Starts out creatively and then gets kind of slow and weird, but creative. And then the rabbit hole is slow, but I think that that can be a slow scene. And I appreciated some of the detail that they put into that. Sometimes it's really basic. And they that's, even that's put... Scene, the important thing for that scene is detail. Yeah. The more detail, the better. My favorite thing was probably some of the stonework in the tunnel and prehistoric artwork which yeah. we've never seen before like cave paintings and that was neat the fall could have had more detail but it had way more detail than so many of them had and felt fairly true to the book there was a fair amount of dialogue that was from the book mm -hmm. stylistically some of the things seemed quite 70s 
but they did include enough Victorian things that it didn't feel completely over the top. Mm-hmm. There were 70s touches that I could have done without, like the color combination on the Mad Hatter. He had no problem with it. I thought it was gross. <laughs> It was like grandma's basement. <laughs> I think our grandma had a better basement than that. I'm just saying, in general. In general. Basement. In general. <laughs> they deviated from things right from the start. There was singing where you wouldn't normally have singing, which I would be fine with, but they had so much singing and some of it didn't necessarily make sense for the context, like maybe five seconds worth of singing about whatever, instead of, oh, this is happening, let's sing a song about it. And they use that to change parts of the book. Like the mouse is giving her this whole lecture about timing and life that I remember nothing of in the book. So you did keep some of the regular sequence of the book, but with changes sprinkled in there like the rabbit tells Marianne to go to his house you don't have to have a whole song about how she's not this girl and she's not that girl you just go to the house mm-hmm. on the one hand it partly did make me smile that's one of the things going for this movie is that it's a little bit surprising it can actually make you chuckle which does not always happen with Alice sometimes mm-hmm. it's just so weird and I and I love Alice but people do go kind of crazy with it sometimes and they definitely took liberties but they also included things that aren't always included like when she does go to the house and the rabbit falls in the cold frame and you have the guinea pigs I appreciate that they actually included that. Bill was gross. Bill was my least favorite part of this. And Bill doesn't lose his tail that I remember, and yet you have him wandering off with a nub. One of the things that I did love was the interior of the rabbit's house. The wainscoting. Like, I could stay at this house. It was so cute. I mean, there might have been a little 70s woven in there, but I felt like it had some Anne of Green Gables, 1985 Megan Follows version charm. And I appreciated that a lot. Also, forgot to mention, the shrinking and growing was some of the best mm. that we have seen in a live version. Especially for the time period, because there have been other versions made around the same time that didn't look very good. This was really well done for the time, for what they had to work with, like no CGI. And at this point, I can't even remember all of the shrinking and growing scenes that we have seen. But this one, when you're watching it, does stand out as Mm -hmm. being good. The caterpillar, is it just me or it just felt slow? I don't think it was just you. A lot of parts in this felt slow. Which is weird because it was an hour and a half long. And that's I feel like that's shorter than a lot that we've seen. They were not true to the book. With the caterpillar, I felt that the caterpillar, even though his costuming was decent, was slightly unmemorable. He could have been grumpier. <laughs> <laughs> he could have yelled. He wasn't one of the more memorable caterpillars. It was okay, even though true to the book. But I was okay. I was kind of okay that they weren't totally true to the book because I was kind of ready for the scene to be over. Then they decided to include Tweedledum and Tweedledee, which seemed to be played by identical twins. And it was weird 
because all of a sudden it's autumn and there was this atmosphere that was okay and yet not quite okay. It wasn't as aesthetically pleasing to me. I don't know. They were just kind of dancing around. There was no walrus and the carpenter. It was mainly focused on them having a battle. And the whole scene just seemed like it was shoved in there for no reason. It just wasn't right. I thought that the people portraying them were good. I thought that their accents and the way they were delivering their lines, it was good. I just don't feel like they did the scene right. I, I don't have a problem. I think that those people portraying those characters, if written a little bit better, would have been so much better because I enjoyed having their accents. Proper British accents. That's another thing going for this. All the different accents in it. And you know that it's not... If they were faking, they did a really good job. But since it's a BBC production, I'm assuming that you have the proper British accents. And then it happened. Sometimes you watch creepy things and you're fine. And then every once in a while you hit something that's just strikes a chord. And for some reason... Okay, first off, it's like becoming this really creepy storm, which I don't know how disturbed I was, but once again, not aesthetically pleasing. If they were going for the creepy effect, I think they were building up nicely. And then all of a sudden, this giant crow, which does belong in this scene, is coming into the camera, and I'm looking away and then looking back at, like, creeped out, and... All, and they're doing this close-up of his creepy head with his creepy little eye. I got up and walked away. I was so creeped out. He was fine, but for some reason, I have I already have this thing with black cloaked figures, and this scene I think was already making me think of Hitchcock. I don't know what all accumulated in this, but it was so creepy. I was already thinking before we got to the scene that, oh, if I was a little girl, the music in this would probably help carry this movie for me. The extraneous music that doesn't belong there would help carry it for me. If you show this to children, please do not show them the bird. Just forward through the bird, because they might be like me and be totally freaked out, and they might have to sleep in your bed, and it'll be your fault. <laughs> because you watched this really creepy scene with them. Your fault. Not theirs. You. <laughs> she must have very strong feelings about this girl. I do. Oh my goodness. The Czechoslovakian version? Eh, that was pretty good with that. The little creepy skeleton people dragging Alice off. That was wrong. That was that was creepy, but I was pretty okay. <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the tacks and the jam, all the nasty things, the, the weird murderous bunny, whatever that thing was on the Czechoslovakian version, it's like watching art. This is scary. <laughs> Don't... Don't do it. Creepy <laughs> anyway. art. Anyway, that's that's one of those oddly fascinating films, but and probably one of my favorite that we've ever watched. But yeah, after that long cautionary note, they moved on to Pig and Pepper, I believe. 
Yeah. Which should have been coming, not with Tweedledum and Tweedledee. If you don't know, they belong in Through the Looking Glass. I have this to say for Pig and Pepper. They had a guy play the Duchess, and he really looked so close to the illustration in the book. And the wardrobe for the Duchess, too. is just like spot, spot on. The fish and the frog with the whole message... If you didn't know that their wigs were supposed to be getting entangled, it just looked like they were doing a really weird dance. They were doing a weird dance. <laughs> I did kind of like the frog's pants. It's a nice shade of blue. Nice touch. He liked the cook. Didn't like the, Did not like the Cheshire Cat. No. The Cheshire Cat was okay to me. The cook was, I think, a pretty good cook. I feel like they did a pretty good job with the scene. One thing that I did have in my mind was they had an actual bawling infant. <laughs> Which is rare for these. I don't think I've ever seen that. They have like a puppet or just... I think one of the black and white ones there was a toddler. But was it... Was the toddler bawling? This child... I don't, think so. I don't know if they just waited until this child needed its diety changed and then like, okay... Roll the scene. We are ready. I don't know what was going on there, but that child was beet red and very unhappy. But it might have been because he was being held by that man in that outfit. I don't know. This man's giant hat scares me, mother. You're my mom. Anyway, the pig transition was pretty okay. I don't think it would have been disturbing to you. It wasn't disturbing. It just looked weird. I feel like they could have done better, but yeah. it was fine. Yeah. The pig was cute, as usual, whenever they have a real pig. Let. And we kind of move on from there. That scene, I feel like they did that relatively well. And the Duchess was pretty much spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes straight to the tea party from there and mm. completely skips the Cheshire Cat scene, which I was fine with because I didn't like the Cheshire Cat to begin with. I mean, you could have had him up in the tree and had a whole song and everything, and we didn't have to do that. Uh, but then we moved on to the tea party. And I was ready for it to end. <laughs> Interesting thing, the guy who plays the Mad Hatter, if you're familiar with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I wonder, is that that guy? He is the child snatcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> and his outfit is horrible. I like the giant teapot. That was good. They did stay somewhat true to the scene. But then they went off into this whole song about puns. And were telling lousy jokes. One of which I already, maybe I'd heard before because I knew what it was supposed to be, or that it was just a really good guess. They added so much to they it. They did. Was so unnecessary. And even if you stick with the scene, it can already feel long. Mm. It's probably best when you actually read it out of the book. It's one of those that's probably hard to fully act out and make entertaining. Unless you have, like, excellent actors, and these were only fine actors. <laughs> And at some point, it was over with, and that was okay. And I think it did make me chuckle, but it just 
dragged out too much and they added too much stuff. They just needed to pare it down and keep it punchy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Get rid of the music. But uh, you could say that for most of the scenes in this movie. Get rid of the music and be better. One touch that I thought was cute was when he's singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Bat. You can see the March hair covering his ears <laughs> and listening like, are they still singing? No, 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 no. So that was cute. I think after that, she did end up back in the Hall of Doors like she's supposed to. And she ends up in the beautiful garden, which is an interesting bubblegum pink as far as buildings. And they have flamingos and it's... It looked very 60s, 70s-ish. Once again... You are in England. Couldn't you have gone to some really cool estate and showed us that? But hey, your style choice. It was not horrible. It was creative. They had that interesting heart-shaped piece in the lawn. There were probably at least a couple of those cards that were pretty cute. <laughs> I wondered if you were going to say something about that. <laughs> are you picking up? Like, oh, they picked handsome guys. She's probably going to say that they were cute. <laughs> well, there were cute guys. But anyway, <laughs> painting the roses, they, they were fine. Yeah. They were fine. I, they did okay with that scene. And one of the best parts, I think, for you, and I, I would agree, is how they styled the cards, period. This whole scene, the costumes were amazing. Every, every character, aside from the basic cards, looked like... The Queen, the King, the Jack, all out of a deck of cards, like the classic deck of cards. Down to the wigs. Yeah, all, they all had yellow wigs, styled with a little or gray. pearl at the end. And the King, I think, had gray. Mm -hmm. I'd say the Queen was pretty good. She was not mm -hmm. the most obnoxious Queen that you could ever have, but she still delivered the character, and without being too subtle or too over the top. Could have done with a little less singing about beheading people, but... She did actually get a little bit gory about it. She did. She did. And um, the Cheshire Cat does make his appearance. Acting like they're friends, even though they never spoke before. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the croquet game, it was pretty good. If you didn't know that they were supposed to be hedgehogs, that would probably be a little bit confusing. Once again, no flamingos were harmed in the making of this croquet scene, which I think it would be so hard to use real ones anyway, even if you <laughs> were open to abusing them. Like, <laughs> you might be the one getting abused in the end. They have a brief bit of the scene with the Duchess, but... Very brief. But you don't get the whole ramble about morals that tends to be so funny. and That one could have been an actually funny, amusing song, and they didn't. You're right. They could have, but maybe that guy couldn't sing. Of course, I don't know how much to stop them with the mock turtle and the griffin, mm. because the griffin had this squeaky voice, which I think maybe they were just trying to be funny with that, or maybe they didn't care. It looked like the griffin was supposed to be a parrot, and I thought he was doing a parrot voice. And <laughs> It was bizarre. The Mock Turtle, if you don't know what it is, you're like... he Once again, he looks kind of like a Satan creature. <laughs> but they didn't have full-on horns. Like, he has that reddish head that just doesn't look... I didn't even think about it. He just looked sort of like a weird mutant. <laughs> Their costumes 
Honestly, that can't be the worst griffin we've ever seen, even if you... No, was, it's definitely not the worst. Even if he wasn't. It wasn't the best. <laughs> and the singing, I guess, was okay, but if you're going to have all that singing, you could maybe have people that are really good singers so that you can enjoy it, but whatever. I think it was okay if you just take it as comical-type singing, mm -hmm. character singing, however you want to put that. And then the rabbit comes along, as we have seen before, and it's time for the trial. I'd say that the trial was one of the best scenes out yes, of the film. Definitely. I think they kept a decent amount of the original flavor. You had the whole jury box. You had her growing. You had witty lines thrown in there. You had, of course, the good costuming on the king and the queen. And the Mad Hatter actually had a good scene. I actually liked the Mad Hatter much more in this scene than I liked in his, what's supposed to be his like, main. main scene, the tea party. I, I liked him a lot better in the courtroom than the, the tea party. The bite out of the teacup wasn't majorly creepy or anything. No, it was fine. I liked that. There, You know, there was some witty stuff in, in this scene, and we both loved the part where the guy's hands him the scroll instead of the trumpet and he kind of biffs him for it. <laughs> it was I don't remember that from the book, but it was a nice touch. Yeah. I, it was a nice little surprise. There there are these different things, like I said, that they add in there that aren't necessarily there, but they were fun anyway. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that's okay with as many times as we've <laughs> seen these. Yeah. One thing that I applaud them for you know how you have the rhyme in there, the poem that's supposed to accuse the yeah. guy about the tarts? When they said that it was a song, and they're acting like it's building up to him singing it, that could have dragged out. It could have totally taken the air out of the poem, but he kept it. He moved it along at a very brisk pace. He moved the song at, at a brisk enough pace, and the tune was decent enough that it worked. Mm-hmm. And probably helped some people to hear the words better than you would have if he was just reading it off. Which I approve of just reading it off. But if you're going to sing it, I think they did a good job. And shortly after that, she gets in trouble. The end of the dream. The card thing, you're only a pack of cards. Didn't she say mm -hmm. that? She said it earlier, too. Did they have the cards falling upward? No, it was more like a very random close-up of like every character. Yeah, that's right. They kind of like kind like of it was supposed to be creepy, but I don't know. It was just all odd. these. They just kept panning around to different people being upset, and, and then you were back on the bank. And when she's back on the bank, and they're going home, there's this whole song that she's singing, but you don't see her singing it. It's just like overlaid about. Someone helping her see this other self of hers. If you didn't know any better, it would sound like a love song. But I suppose it's supposed to be Doddridge helping her see this other Alice. I don't know. <laughs> Did you like the end song? I didn't really pay attention. Okay. Well, I was absorbing that. And I like it when they have his poems. Mm. I think that works really well if you start and end with his poems. And they didn't do that, and that was their choice. I don't know how fitting the song was. It sort of fit, but if you had it out of context, it kind of sounded like a love song, which it's it's not. Like I said, I like it when it begins and ends with the poems. 
any finishing thoughts before we take our evening nap? <laughs> all in all, this wasn't a bad version. I don't think it was one of my favorites, but I think it's still worth watching. It made some odd choices, but it had a lot of good design work in it. And even though I really didn't care for the music, the music was not horrible. I think if you're okay with deviating from the story, which honestly, it stays true enough to the story that I would call it a relatively acceptable... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would call it a relatively acceptable version. They stuck pretty close. To a lot of the flavor and a fair amount of the sequence, a decent amount of the dialogue, it's enough that I think it passes as one that we could recommend. <laughs> I think for people who do know the story, it offers a little bit different take that is amusing. I wouldn't call it one of my favorites so far. I think that I would recommend the 1980s BBC version over this one with Mm -hmm. the redhead and the pink dress. I feel like maybe that kept even more of the flavor of the story. I think if you are watching this with children, maybe this would keep their attention more than other versions, some other versions that are Mm -hmm. more true to the book because of the music, just skip the bird and you're fine. (laughs) And I don't know, it depends on how seriously they would take the queen, but she never does behead anybody anyway. And they say that. They had the king going around pardoning people. <laughs> as soon as they were sentenced to, to death, he would like your pardon. They had one little <laughs> little part where he's like holding up a scepter, you can't pardon. Yeah, like there was little amusing touches in there. So it, even though this isn't one of my favorites, it's still worth it. I think. I think I think it's an okay version. To, I, I'm I'm sorry if I'm not being positive enough for the people who really like this, <laughs> but. For me to say, okay, people can go ahead and watch this. And I'm not just saying something like, well, if you like the 70s. <laughs> I think for an Alice, it's an okay version mm-hmm. to check out. And it does have details that are actually from the book that other versions are missing, along with the witty add-ins. Now, if anybody knows of a version where the Alice is actually played by a seven-year-old and it's an accurate portrayal of the story, let us know in the comments. Yeah, we were talking about that today. This one was around 15, 16, and very much looks it. And I know that there are talented child actresses out there. This has to be a thing. And the only one that I can think of who actually looked like a seven-year-old was in that weird Czechoslovakian version. So, let's know if you know something that we don't know. Well, I think that's going to be all for today. Um, We have no idea what we're going to be watching next. But if you have any recommendations for things for us to watch, other requests that you really want us to check out and review for you, then let us know in the comments. Because... We're looking for suggestions. We have some ideas of what we'll watch, but if somebody really wants us to talk about one, we can look into them. Yeah. Not sure when the next episode will be. It's been like, I don't know how many months since we've done one together. Yeah, so there will be more coming. We just can't say when. Sure. So we'll see you next time then. Bye.
Thanks for listening to every version ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.